This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast, and today we're lucky to have Randy Brothers, the CEO of Elite Roofing, head coach of the Roofing Academy, which is an online curriculum that specializes in helping other roofing business owners succeed. And he's also the author of Start It, Build It, Grow It, The Contractor's Guide to Success. He's a third-generation contractor and business owner with over 15 years of contracting experience. Year-to-date, his team has managed to set new booked revenue records three months in a row, is on pace to double his previous year's revenue. His company has grown 10 times in six years, or 10x, with over a 30% growth rate over the past five years, even when the local roofing market softened during that time frame. Elite Roofing now provides for the families of over 40 people that are employed in his firm. Randy, welcome to the show. All right. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. You know, we're sitting in Randy's house uh, in Denver. Um, have met part of the family, the pooch. <laughs> yeah. and, and we're going to go into it today, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about Randy's journey. And then we're going to talk about um, his most recent endeavor that he's fired up about. So, Randy, if you would, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the evolution to your business now. Well, uh I'd like to say I'm kind of a natural-born entrepreneur. Uh, even as a little kid, I, I mean, I did various entrepreneurial endeavors from, you know, buying popsicles and, and blow pops in bulk, selling them on the, to, to my friends on the school bus, to uh, landscaping, doing lawn mowing, uh, to, to a window cleaning company I started in college. I ended up selling that. You know, that was my first little entrepreneurial endeavor with the sale but i just had the bug all, all ever, ever since i was a kid so uh, i've always been in, enthralled with with business and learning about business and entrepreneurship and part of that is i just never really did well working for others <laughs> so <laughs> just uh been an entrepreneur my whole life and and now it's it's to the point where i really feel it's time to kind of start giving back and inspiring the next generation of, of young entrepreneurs that want to kind of chase their dreams and, and get the direction uh, that they need to, to go ahead and start their own entrepreneurial journeys. I've heard that a few times. And, and for, you know, if, if I was trying to inspire my children to go down the entrepreneurial route, do you think your folks had some measure of influence in you wanting to approach the entrepreneurial effort? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they never outright said, hey, you, you need to be an entrepreneur or, or, you know, my mom and my stepdad growing up, they weren't, you know, super entrepreneurial. Uh, my dad was actually a pastor for a while, you know, so that was that was kind of the biggest entrepreneurial thing that I got to see and unfortunately didn't go as well as we would we would have hoped, you know, but the reason that kind of triggered all that is we, we were very modest growing up. I mean, we didn't have a whole lot. We didn't have we had enough of the basics to to get by in life but we didn't have any extras and and uh it had a very kind of humble modest home and, and if i wanted you know some of the latest greatest toys or wanted a new bike or you know i i want, wanted a new playstation when it first came out it, it, we didn't really have the resources to be able to buy that or do that you know so i just kind of naturally thought outside the box and figured out a way to to get the things i wanted in life early on, you know, I mowed lawns to buy my first PlayStation and, and then all the friends came over and played my PlayStation for two years. And then I ended up hiring them and having them help me mow lawns, you know, carrying, carrying on with that. So, so it was kind of by necessity and I didn't really, I always wanted, wanted more out of life and, and out of necessity, I, I started, you know, just figuring out ways to, to get there. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. 
I, I mowed yards as long as I could see over the handle, you know, and, and my folks, my father was a Navy NCO and, and he believed very much in hard work and he would check my work after I was done with it in the evening, I'd stand inspection. But I think about, for me, I was a one-off. I mowed the yards myself. What struck me as interesting about that is you hired your friends to help you mow. So can you think back to that time frame and where did you get the idea to leverage your business by hiring your friends? Well, first off, I was doing it and I figured out a way to connect the lawnmower. I would hook it to the seat of my bike. I would take the gas can and put it on top of the lawnmower. I would take the, the cord at the time and put it on my shoulder. And then I would take the, 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 weed, the weed eater and put it on my handlebars and I would ride that way. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's how, now I would just go knock doors and, and ask neighbors to, to mow the lawn. And then I kind of built out a little bit of a book of work where I already had a certain kind of a handful of people that I already knew that every week or every other week they want, they kind of expected me to come by. And then all my friends kind of thought it was cool. Like, oh, you're, you're mowing lawns? How do I help with that? They didn't really have lawnmowers. So again, I, didn't, I, I happened to have the equipment. I had a lawnmower. I had a weed whacker. So it was the point where, all right, well, let's, we can double down. So you come help me. We'll split up the money. You know, you do the mowing, I'll do the weed eating and we'll get more jobs done. And that's kind of how it ended up, how we ended up kind of starting our first little business. You know, you know the, from there. I, I think, you know, that you, you look for seeds of how people start and do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so you were an entrepreneur. And then when you left high school, you went to college, university in Northern Colorado? Yep, that's correct. So w- what was your focus? What did you want out of college? I didn't know. <laughs> you know, just like, like most kids, uh-huh. like most of us, it was like, it was always you know, implied that, hey, you should go to college, you should go to college, you need to go to college, you know, I I never really liked school. I figured out early on what I needed to do to to get by. Mm -hmm. Like, I I never really was like, okay, I'm going to put 110% effort in, you know, geographic studies, but I'm going to do enough to get a B. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do enough to just get by it and move on. So I kind of carried that into college. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to college. Uh, Shortly thereafter, I kind of always knew that there was I wanted to go to business school. You know, a lot of kids go to college having no clue. I kind of didn't really know a whole lot my first year, but going into my second year, when you really kind of got to start answering the question of what are you going to do with your life? Uh, the school I went to, I, I knew they had a good business school. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go into business school and I'm just going to go all in on business. And I want to learn as much as I possibly can about business and, 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 and eventually see where that leads me as a business person, if you will. And you worked through college as well, didn't you? Yeah, I worked three jobs through college. I mean, I worked full-time and went to school full-time. Uh, I actually started early on, as soon as I kind of knew I wanted to be, do business, I correlated, you know, my kind of natural ability to, to build things and, you know, third-generation contractor. My, I grew up kind of watching my, my grandpa and my dad, everything they wanted to fix or do around the house, they did it themselves. They built it themselves. My dad is one of the best carpenters I had ever met. Mm-hmm. And so I learned a lot from him early on just about carpentry work and, and contract construction. And so I correlated that like, okay, business is one thing, but what's the next fit? So I, I was blessed early on to figure out that I wanted to go into construction. Mm-hmm. So while I was in college, I, I was able to get an internship with a construction company. So I started off cleaning construction sites mm-hmm. you know that was my first my first little gig i had as, as a as a intern for a local construction company in Greeley was go clean up this 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 project we're working on 
But what's crazy about that is hindsight, three years later, I bought that house. Crazy to think about, but three years later, I actually bought that house from the company that I was working for. That's, you know, it, it's funny in uh, some of the parallels is I also cleaned up construction sites and I cleaned them up before they poured the pad on the front steps. And so everything that was in the pad was, a lot of it was from the construction site put in there before they poured concrete over it. So I'm sure there's houses back in Tennessee that have all kinds of weird stuff <laughs> under, <laughs> under the front porch from my efforts. But, you know, I, so I think about this. Do you think that those job experiences that you had in college had a direct impact on what you did as soon as you graduated? Yeah, uh, because it was, I mean, I, I basically went in blindly to this to this construction company and, and sat there for three hours with no experience, just trying to convince this, you know, this, this owner of this company to, to hire me. And I basically offered my services for free just because I wanted to learn how to build a house. Okay. That was my objective. I want to learn how to build a house. That's where I'm going to start. Uh, and, I, and I knew, you know, with, the, with going to school and stuff like that, it wasn't a situation where I was going to work for 10, 20 years and learn it from the ground up. I wanted to learn it from a management ownership type of business perspective. So I was able to convince him to kind of let me let me do that, but there wasn't much money involved. You know, I was mm-hmm. paying me very. I luckily got paid a little bit, but I not even enough to live. I mean, I was very very minimal. So I still needed to live. I mean, that we I had to pay for my own college, and so I took a job. I, I waited tables mm-hmm. uh, as well as worked at the construction company, and then I, I organized my class schedule around around that. So I would have as early morning classes as possible. I did classes at night, and, and I'd work around all those schedules so I can you know, maintain two jobs. Uh, and then I actually had another job at one point too, uh, all through college just to kind of support myself. So getting that experience, I learned early on, Hey, what it's like to manage your time, what it's like to work really hard and, 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 and continue to strive for that end goal. One was graduating and two was, you know, hopefully going into the business world. And it just so happened that when I graduated was right around the time that the company I had worked for, uh, they they had just purchased a bunch of land and there wasn't really any construction projects for me to manage to oversee. So it was a situation where they're like, hey, we got a little bit of time before we're really going to be able to promote you and or need you to manage projects. So I was like, okay, well, I did what you know most kids would do graduating school is go get a job. So I went to go take a job as a, in, in a lumber yard that lasted two months. Mm-hmm. And two months in, it was like, I just I, I just knew this wasn't, I can't just work for somebody. So right then and there is, is when I ended up starting, you know, I started my company right out of my basement, uh, in the house that I had purchased from my, mm-hmm. from my previous boss, set up a little office down there and used the garage for all the tools. And we just started doing basement finish and I finished my own basement as my first project. Mm-hmm. So I finished my own basement. And then from there we, we were able to, you know, actually do pretty well for it for the first couple of years doing yeah, basement what, finish. What time frame was this? This was uh, 2006. Okay. Basically, two and a half, three months after I graduated college, I just mm-hmm. went all in. <laughs> I just went in and, and uh, never really looked back. And so you and I talked before, before the show. And so you had had this success. You had a house. You were a young guy just out of college and, and marketing and remodeling basements. Yep. And then things started to unwind. Take us to basically that process when it started to unwind? Yeah, so 
saw some early success. I got connected with some investors and this was kind of right at the peak of the market. Like this was when the market was really hot and people were overbuilding and, and, and I was just so focused on myself and hey, I got a business and we're, we're doing well. We got some basement finish and, and I went, I bought a boat. I had a house at age 23. I had two trucks at the time and I was living on cloud nine and I was all about myself and you know, chasing girls and doing whatever, whatever I can to, to just live it up and live the dream. But all the while I, I, was, I wasn't able to one, pay attention to the market which was gradually starting to turn and things were starting to change in the, in the overall construction and, and real estate and mortgage markets. And, you know, I was so focused on that stuff and just didn't really care about anything else. Then all of a sudden I found myself, you know, kind of scrounging for work, doing more and more of the work myself. And then which took away time from marketing and selling and, and kind of building the company and working on my business like I should have been doing. And then, you know, push comes to shove the market, tanked, uh, banks stopped lending. A lot of people were using home equity lines of credit to finance their basement finish and the remodels that I was doing. And, and next thing I knew, basically the whole bottom fell out and I was kind of caught holding back. I had, I had a couple projects I had already started and, and, and were working on. And I just was scrounging just to get through those. I, I was able to make it through there, but ultimately I ended up losing everything. I literally, you know, two and a half years into starting my business, I got to a point where, you know, I, I literally had nowhere near enough income to pay for, to pay for the the business I had tried to build on credit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and ended up failing, ended up completely losing everything. I filed chapter seven, filed bankruptcy and, uh, it completely had to hit the reset button is really, really what I had to do. You know, I, I think about that that circumstance and you know take us to that time so you, you've you've declared bankruptcy and you, know, you wake up the next day after everything's done and there's a thought process going on in your mind and I you know it took however long it took to get there but it says I'm going to do things differently mm-hmm. take us to that thought process and what took you from arguably a rather flat spot in your career to kind of the journey to starting your current business. Yeah. I'm going to actually take you back just a little bit farther because during that whole time of, okay, you know, the market's tanking, losing my business or we don't have any work. I started working as a subcontractor for a restoration company. And through that experience, I, I was, that's the first little, you know, intro I got into the insurance world. Okay, so there was a couple ex-insurance adjusters that worked for this restoration company that I ended up working for. I took a job with them for a little while just to try to stay alive. And, and through that, I learned about insurance and, and insurance adjusting. So uh, I, I got to the point where I had really had nothing else to lose. So I ended up moving to Texas. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Texas to become an insurance adjuster. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to become an insurance adjuster. I'm going to travel. I'm going to work hailstorms. I'm going to work hurricanes. And I'm make a bunch of money and I'm going to get myself out of this, this deep hole that I got myself into. Little did I know the, the whole process, you know, took almost a year just to get my license and, and get, take all the classes and get, get set up and going and doing that. And during that time, it just kept, the pressure kept mounting and mounting and mounting and, and, and got more and more difficult. Uh, so through that was kind of the, the, the culmination of all these things that kind of led to, you know, I thought I had an out. I thought, okay, this is what's going to, what's going to help me get out of the situation. 
I get on deployment and I start working as an insurance adjuster, I quickly realized that that lifestyle was terrible. You get being told where to go, how long to stay there. You're working 10, 12 hour days, seven days a week. You don't know when you're going to go home, you know, and I just, it just, it just wasn't the life for me, you know, so I had to make a very difficult decision to just walk away from that. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was, I was literally like probably the lowest I've been. I didn't know what to do. You know, I had every 10 minutes the creditor was calling, uh, you know, no, very little income out again, serving, I ended up taking the job installing cable. So this is a really, really low point in my life. And, and uh, through a lot of kind of soul searching and, and self-evaluation kind of dawned on me that, that the most important things in life weren't, weren't myself. And, and, and I started kind of getting back to, again, I mentioned I, I grew up in a very conservative home. My dad was a pastor. You know, I kind of got right, you know, with, with the Lord, so to speak, if you mm-hmm. will, and, and, and realized that, you know, faith and family trump everything you know so once i got to a place where where i mentally was able to you know what like it's not about me it's about the other people in my life faith family and and other people and once i kind of made that change to to realizing that people are more important than yourself and others are more important than yourself was when i was able to start the process of of kind of moving on from that and and it was just uh, uphill trajectory from there uh, that that ultimately helped help lead me to some really significant success. So you know, I, I think you know, so. You're down in Texas, and at some point, you go, "This is it," and and then you make a decision to start your next company. And I think about that probably wasn't a small decision. Well, it was interesting how that ended up working out because I was in Texas. And I had stayed in communication with, you know, friends from Colorado and, and one of my friends from uh, college who I went to business school with. And, and he was connected in Colorado and there just so happened to be a really big hailstorm. Mm-hmm. So this hailstorm came, hit Denver. I was in Austin, Texas, and my friend had called me out of the blue and was saying, hey, man, I, I, I remember you saying something about being in insurance and, you know, doing as an insurance adjuster. Are you still doing that? I was like, yeah, I'm just in between assignments right now. So he's like, hey, man, I can get you a job selling roofs. And, and I had already kind of dabbled in it a little bit in Texas, kind of in between just to kind of see what that market was all about. And uh, so next thing I know, uh, I literally packed up and moved from Austin to Denver with a borrowed credit card and $100 to my name, packed up everything I owned into my truck and just drove. Just went to Denver, hadn't even gotten a job, hadn't even known that I was even going to what I was going to do, I get to Colorado, I meet with this owner of this other company and, uh, and, and started selling roofs. And, and that was really what helped, helped me get back on my feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I had nothing else to lose. I was completely against the wall. Like wh- wh- what else could I lose? How much worse can this get? Mm-hmm. So that was a point where I just, you know, put my foot against the wall and pushed off. And, and I went and knocked doors religiously <laughs> until I figured out how to sell roofs. And I ended up doing very well with it. So I sold a bunch of roofs and I basically used, used what money I was making from there to, one, get myself back back going, get a new place and get my truck taken care of. And, and through all that was when I ended up, hey, I, I, get, I had a, kind of an idea, but that's, that was when I was like, okay, it's either now or never if I'm going to just wipe the slate clean. So that's when I filed and that's why I mm-hmm. kind of just wiped the slate clean. And, and start and doing the roofing sales thing, that was my actual first roofing business. So we started a sales business where all we did was the front end. 
Mm-hmm. So we, we did the sales and, and did, they deal with the insurance companies and all the front end stuff. And I subcontracted to another roofing company and they, they did the, the production process, if you will. Did that for about a year, uh, ended up doing very well with it, uh, but, but I just didn't, it still wasn't right. It still yeah, wasn't what right. What year was this? This was uh, 2008 and nine. Okay. At the tail end of the, the market collapse. In that yeah, yeah. yeah. Right during that process, uh, right during that time, really. And then, uh, and then through that, I started traveling again. Mm-hmm. They were, I did really well in sales, so they, they wanted to start sending me, you know, across different parts of the country, you know, to go open, open up storm offices, if you will, and then do the whole storm chasing thing. And then did that for a little while. And then, again, it, it, all these things kind of lead to it just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, wasn't where I really felt like I was meant to be. I wasn't like doing what I'm called to do, if you will. So while on assignment in, in actually I was in Ohio, there was this, this extended stay hotel that a lot of us, a lot of us were staying at trying to get settled in partnering up, working for another company locally and, and kind of just go sell roofs that way. That was when we ended up having a fire at the hotel. Yeah. Crazy enough. Like, so 11 o'clock at night, I'm, you know, hanging out in my room. All of a sudden, you know, lights are, everyone's freaking out. The, the, the sirens are going off. And then I hear a big bang and the, the room directly above me and one room over, that's the room that caught fire. Oh, geez. So literally the hotel caught fire. And what's significant about that is forced me out of my room. So then I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? And I had connected with some other guys that were there working. And one guy in particular that we had really kind of hit it off really well. And he had seen some pretty good success in the roofing industry, doing sales and traveling and doing this whole storm thing. So I'm like, hey, what else? I can't really be in my room right now because the firefighters are still there. So we ended up, I ended up sitting down with him and, and just chatting. And then it just dawned on me that, you know, what if I were to do this, start my own business? What if I were to start my own roofing company? I already have a construction company that I basically left dormant. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a construction company that we still had. It didn't. It was still intact. No problems there. It was all personal. That was my issues, but financially, if you will. So, like, I already have this shell. Why don't we? Why don't I just add a roofing company and start a roofing company? You know. So literally mm-hmm. that night, I stayed up all night long and wrote out a business plan and and wrote it all out. And and then from there. The very next day, I got in my truck, once again, packed up, jumped in my truck, 15-hour drive. I was on the phone the entire time just getting things set up. And one of my first calls was my mom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she had helped me with the sales side of things and so kind of helped organize why, stuff. Why did you call your mom? Because she was already she had already kind of helped me a little bit when mm-hmm. I was doing so many. We did so many sales that I needed someone to help with the, the logistics and the, the kind of my own little bookkeeping and, and kind of help with some of the paperwork and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it just so happened she was out of the job. She had been, you know, laid off from International Bible Society. She mm-hmm. worked there for, I think, 10 years and, and was kind of in a transition. And she was actually living with my sister kind of as a living nanny. Mm-hmm. So it just so happened that she had the availability. So I was like, hey, mom, we're starting a roofing company. She was like, okay, I have two conditions. One, you keep your, you know, faith needs to be your number one. And number two is family. And I said, deal and then that's basically how we started started the company I mean, and and i didn't i had no money no credit no real idea what i was doing all i know is that this is it this is what i need to do in life so 15 hour drive was a lot of time to really think and process and and call and, and try to organize things away 
And, and what I did with, turns out that that guy that I was meeting with at the hotel that kind of helped me with just, at the time we were just, hey, why don't we just put a business plan here? What would it take to really start a roofing company? He left me with this. He said, tell you what, if you can go back to Colorado and get the rest of the money you think you need cash-wise in order to start this business, I will write you a check. But you have to bring me the other check first, and I'll write you a check to help fund your company. Skin in the game. Absolutely. And I I said, deal. Hey, before we go any further, for the folks that may want to reach out to you or your company, I always try to stop somewhere in here so at least we can get the social media contact point. So how would folks reach you, either email or on social media? Uh, social media, uh, I mean, Randy Brothers uh, and The Roofing Academy. So at The Roofing Academy, uh, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, uh, and we have a YouTube channel, which mm-hmm. that's what I really want to promote is YouTube channel. I do a lot of uh, videos, uh, a lot of in, like kind of educational videos and just, you know, video blogs and stuff like that. A lot of great free content that we put on our, mm-hmm. our YouTube channel. So that's really what we're trying to promote is it, as many subscriptions as we can to our YouTube channel uh, at The Roofing Academy. Okay, we'll have that in the show notes. Yep. All right, so we've got your mom squared away. Your investor says, if you can get skin in the game, I'll play. Yeah, he said, okay, tell you what, I'll write you a check for this amount if you can find someone to write you a check for this other amount. There is no banks at this point. I just mm-hmm. basically blew up any opportunity I had to go to a bank for anything. I mean, I couldn't even, you know, I couldn't even buy a Pinto with the, <laughs> from the <laughs> bank at that point in time. So uh, luckily I had made a lot of really good connections uh, in the construction industry. I'd been, I'd been in contracting for a number of years and made some good connections. So I had started calling some friends and one guy in particular who owned a drywall company who I know I connected with. And, and we had talked about roofing in the past and he consulted like, hey man, let's talk about roofing, blah, blah, blah. It's, he wanted to start a roofing division for his company and kind of consulted me on that. And I was like, let me, let me try him. So what I do, I kind of, together a makeshift hey this is the plan this is how you're going to get paid back that sort of thing and i went went to his office and sat there for two hours and and i pitched him on the whole idea and and basically just kind of leveraged like my unwillingness to fail like basically this this is it this is my whole life i'm doing this with or without you uh by the end of it he uh he agreed to not only write me a check but he also added me on to his credit account for to, to be able to purchase shingles. Mm-hmm. So I got, basically I got him and then I, I walked right back into this other gentleman's office and showed him that check. And he was like, I can't believe you actually did that. He was like, honestly, I had no, I did not think I was actually gonna write this check, but you know what? Let me get my checkbook. Mm-hmm. Got his checkbook, wrote me another check. We were off and running. Uh, little did I know it was definitely not enough money <laughs> to start a roofing company, but it was a pretty cool start. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty cool start. And we had to really scrape and grind to, to continue to fund the company. And, and we used, uh, a lot of our own efforts to be able to do that. What do you, you know, as you start, you know, you look in the mirror in the morning, so you have complete control of your employees because it's you, you know, and you, and you start the company. What do you think the tipping point was for the company? I mean, it kind of goes back to, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and because I, I, I enlisted my mom and, and then I ended up figuring out that early on, right when we first started, it was me, my mom, and then I had another friend, that same guy that kind of got me in the industry. He was coming on as like a, as a, I was going to have him do sales and sales management and kind of put, the, put together our little core team. And, and, and I kind of realized that 
that this is bigger. If I really want to do this, I, it's, it's not within my capacity. So I had to look at others. I had to enlist other people to help. And, and by kind of getting to that humble place of you only have certain strengths that you're going to be able to do well, but there's other things you're not that good at. And you're going to have to find other people to do the things that you're not good at. And, and I was blessed with uh, the ability to basically en enlist my best friend growing up, you know? Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine, we knew each other since, you know, children's church when we were 10 years old. And, uh, and he had been in, in the commercial property management world. Mm -hmm. And he just happened to be kind of on leave so where they were developing a new project and he was getting ready to move and all this. So he had like a month or two of just free time. And I was like, Hey man, just, just come, come back, come back to Colorado and, and just give me one month. And, and at the time it was, Hey, I want you to help sell roofs for me. I knew he would do great. He's my best friend. He's really sharp. And he and I are different in, in, in a lot of ways and same in ways, but different in ways that really led to great chemistry with, with a business partnership. Mm -hmm. So brought him, he literally slept on my couch for a month and, uh, and, and did obviously killed it with sales. And then knowing, Hey, it's my best friend in the world like a brother to me. I knew that I couldn't have him as an employee, that that relationship wasn't going to work moving forward. So we sat down and had to talk and I was like, Hey man, if we really want to do this and do this right, it's, it's going to be us and not me. And, uh, and that, that moment was, was, was really kind of the launching point of, of what is now, you know, one of the top rated companies in the country. I wanted to spend some time with your journey to, to get some context Mm -hmm. And and we're going to shift gears here a little bit. Okay, sure. And talk about what's got you really fired up and going now. And it's the Roofing Academy. And also in concert with that is your up and coming book. So let's talk about those in any order you would like. Sure. I mean, it, it, it kind of started with the book. Uh, it's been a long ongoing kind of joke around the you know, the, the Christmas family dinner table that, you know, somebody should write a book. <laughs> Our family's pretty crazy. You know what I mean? It was pretty, I mean, I, we didn't go too much into it, but you know, my mom uh, married an African-American man when I was 18 months old. So that's who raised me. Both my sisters are mixed and I came from a very diverse background. You know, it's kind of the flip side where I was, you know, uh, one of the only white kids in my neighborhood, you know? And it, so I grew up, hey, you know, in a time where I didn't know the difference. It's like all people are people, you know, mm -hmm. my dad's black, my sisters are mixed. It is what it is. And that's, that's just all I knew growing up, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that created an awesome dynamic. And, and that's something that's fairly unique to, to, to have experienced in life, you know, especially with this day and age, how sensitive the topic is. It's mm -hmm. just, it's just, it's disgusting how, how this day and age people are still having issues with race. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, it, it disgusts me and, and, it, and it, we don't need to go, I don't want to get on a tangent there, but you know, that experience. So it's always a joke that, Hey, we should write a book about this, about our family. It's mm -hmm. about this. And then, then, then just one day I actually was approached by a publishing company online or they connected with me online. And, uh, and I was, you yeah, know, fine. I'll take an interview. We'll, 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 we'll see what this is all about. And once I kind of met with them and realized that, you know what, like maybe there is something here, mm -hmm. you know, maybe we can actually take my journey and the lessons I've learned over the, over the last, you know, 15 years and, and create a book that can help the next guy, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the Randy brothers that, that had no clue what he was doing and, and, and just wanted to chase his dream and wanted to, wanted to make something out of his life and then start a business and, and, and chase his dreams. 
So, so that's kind of what led to it. I mean, I, the opportunity presented itself and, and it just so happened that I, I had some money to invest in it. And it's like, you know what, maybe the timing's right to go ahead and start this. So it's been over a year that we've been working on the book and, and we're in the final stages now and, and it should be released this fall. And a part of what led to the roofing academy at, at the time is like, I just want to write a book because it wasn't for mon- money reasons. It was more just, I, I want to inspire the next generation. I want to educate and, and hopefully inspire other people to, to, to follow their dreams and kind of take the same journey I took with much less headaches, mm-hmm. much less speed bumps. And then, and then I kind of started researching and it just the more and more involved I got with social media and online. It's, I, I realized that there was a, there was a wide open, there was a niche in the market that was open. Mm-hmm. There was some already some people who focused really heavily on the sales end of the business. So there was sales platforms out there online. You can learn how to sell roofs, that sort of thing. There was platforms online for uh, the insurance supplementing. And, and I, and I had gotten connected with a company that, that does business coaching that actually helps develop companies like helps grow, you know, grow companies, but you got to already kind of be established. Mm-hmm. You got to already have a company. You want to have a couple employees and, and what they do is really help you structure and organize your company. They provide all the, the, the basically a whole blueprint and guideline to, to kind of completely create that structure you need for your business to be able to scale and grow it. But there was no startup. There was no one out there that, that helped people get started. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to the roof Academy. And it was like, there, there it is. I mean, there's people, if you're already going, there's coaching out there. If you want to just focus on sales and just blow your company up with sales, there's coaching. If you want to focus on, on the, the insurance supplementing side of things, side of the roofing industry specific, there's curriculums out there for that. But there wasn't a startup one. So I saw that. I realized that, that there was a, a need for that to, to put out an education platform to teach people how to start their business, how to get started. You know, so that's how it started. But then I carried in, carried it on to, you know, which correlated with the book, the whole start it, build it, grow it. Uh, that's that's the whole premise, really. I mean, it's we teach you how to start your business from, you know, or from the very first day of, you know, creating your name and, and creating a logo though, to to scaling. And we even have all the components in, in the program for sales organizations, for building a sales team and training and, and hiring a sales team. We also have components for, for insurance supplementing. We also have components for estimating. We have components like all the way through the actual business structure of, of the roofing industry. And that's that's really our focus. You know, I, I think about your journey and your book and, and certainly on the chapters, you know, between estimating and insurance and roofing and startup, You've done all of those things, so this is not a theory. And, uh-huh. and you certainly have an inkling of what you can do to blow things up. You know, and, and circling back a little bit to the comments is I wasn't paying attention to the indicators. You know, and so if you were in, in a roofing contracting business or any other contracting business in a geographic, you know, single geographic location, mm-hmm. what indicators would you watch that would suggest that the market starting to soften. What would you look for? The roofing industry is very unique in that because there's a number of different business models that you can have, you can choose. And I think where a lot of people go wrong is is they try to be like a jack of all trades. And if it has to do with roofing, they're, they're going to do it. Uh, that's in the big picture. That that's great, but you kind of got to start with with a niche within the roofing industry. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a part of the country where 
you, you get hailstorms on a regular basis. Okay, it's probably a good idea to build a business model around replacing hail damaged roofs. But a lot of people get tied up only in that, but they don't realize that's only a small segment of the overall roofing industry. You know, so so when looking at the market specific, you can look at, okay, is this a hail area? Is this an area that gets thunderstorms and gets large damaging hail on a regular basis? Like at least every two years on average. I mean, so maybe you can look at the, the history and the geographic history of, of the area you live in. Uh, and or, I mean, if you've been there a while, you'll, you'll know. Like I knew growing up in Colorado Springs, there was hail every year. And then, you know, and then got getting into the business when I did, there was a huge hailstorm, And I knew that, okay, it's going to happen again. There's going to be more hailstorms, And they may fluctuate from here time and again, but we can definitely build a business model around that. But that's not, that's not all because you also have the new construction market. So you got to pay attention to is your area of the country a rapidly growing area? Is it growing? Is there being houses? Is there houses being built? Is there uh, apartments? And is it growing? Is there a lot of stuff being built? There's another market segment that you can tap into or have as a fallback plan if you don't get hail, that sort of thing. And then there's a market for repairs and service companies. Like there's a big wide open market for service companies. I mean, people just need repairs sometimes, uh, commercial and residential. And a lot of people focus on hail or new construction, but they don't necessarily capitalize on the service market. So all these markets combined, you got to figure out exactly, okay, is it a hail area? Are we in a high growth area? Or is it just an old part of the country? Are, are houses 20, 30 years old? Was there a big boom 20, 30 years ago? Whereas now it's coming to the time where people are going to start needing to replace their roofs. So then you have a retail market at that point. Mm -hmm. you know, so those are the three main markets that you can kind of gear your business towards. But I think where people struggle and, they, and they, they get into a rut or they get to a place where they can't scale and can't grow is because they center themselves right in the middle of those markets. Mm -hmm. So you can't really be really good at new construction development. You can't be really good at re replacing hell damage or wind damaged roofs. And you can't be really good at selling, going into a home and convincing someone to give you $20,000 out of their pocket to replace their roof. Those are three different market segments. There's three different, in my mind, there are three different business models. And, and, and you got to kind of start with one and master that one before you start expanding into mm -hmm. those other ones. You know, as, as you look back over, over your career to date, what do you think the single best or a couple of best pieces of advice you ever got? Cash is king. You know, I was, I was blessed with the opportunity to go to business school and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. Uh, no, does that mean that that's the only way to become an entrepreneur? Absolutely not. You know, that's just, that was my path. That, that was my path. Everyone has their own path. Everyone gets inspired by different things in different ways. But during that time when I was in school, I was in, took every entrepreneurship class I could take and one of the guest speakers that we had come in and actually one of my teachers started with it. And one of the first things he wrote on the entrepreneurship 101, cash is king. You got to pay attention to your finances. You got to pay attention to the cash flow within your business, especially roofing. That's probably the single biggest area where roofing companies struggle and why they fail. Because they think they have more money than they do or they can't collect the money that, they, that they're owed. So that was one. But number two, one of my favorite things I learned, same thing there was... If you really want to be successful and you want to put yourself in a position to start a business and, and go all in, so to speak, you have to be prepared mentally to be the first in, the last to leave, and the last to get paid. Philo, first in, last out. Yeah, not an accounting term. No. Um, 
You know, as as we circle toward uh, the end of our visit, you anticipate the book coming here this fall? This fall, yep. All right. What's going on with the Academy right now? With the Academy, we are in process of building out the modules. Okay, what it's going to look like is we're going to have seven modules, you know, from from startup all the way to, to scalability. That's mm-hmm. that's our goal is to be able to provide a, a pathway or, or the provide the, the, the map, so to speak, from, from starting your own construction roofing company to scaling that business. So our, our objective with the Academy is to is to basically take you from startup to scalability. And uh, and that's what we're working on now. We're, we're building out the content as we speak. Uh, we're working on that just about every day, trying to get that up and running, and then we'll have it all edited and, and ready to go. The website's already up and going. You can already jump on the website, and and, and we're going to be having uh, a VIP launch to where if you get involved early enough, you'll probably get a free copy of the book when it comes out, as well as you know uh, access to you know, some free videos and free advice content that we have. And we have our YouTube channel. And we also have a lot of good content already available that you can subscribe to on the website to kind of get ahead of the game. So get subscribed. And then as we release things and as new content comes out, you know, you'll be the first to you'll be the first to have it. You also, and I was checking this morning before you and I talked, you all have an online video effort. And you were doing, I think, a 30-day challenge uh, where you wanted to do one every day. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Well, what happened was it ended up being about a 60-day challenge. I averaged every other day. Uh, but that's, that's a crazy story. Okay, I'll, I'll leave you with this. But the story was crazy because I got all this, this idea. Okay, we, were, we had already been working on the book. And I, was, I got to a certain phase. I'm like, all right, now I need to have something more. I need to have something more than just a book to be able to really provide great content and really help people. So that's when I was like, you know what? Let's start the Ruby Academy. I looked it up. I found like, the name just said, I love the name. fell in love with it immediately. And we were like, okay, let's start this roofing academy. And as like kind of a prerequisite, let's, I want to go and start a video blog. I always had, always had an idea of, man, as I'm sitting here, I work, as you know, as an entrepreneur, it, it tends to be lonely. You, you spend a lot of time by yourself as an entrepreneur. So it's like my thoughts get away, get away from me. I'm like, man, this could be valuable to somebody. You're just thinking about something, you know, in the shower or on a walk or, you know, just sitting out having your morning coffee. It's like random thoughts about business and, and advice and different things that they're like, man, maybe somebody can benefit from this. Or like, this is something that, you know, maybe I can actually have a conversation with something other than just myself. So that kind of inspired like, okay, let's go ahead and start like a video blog. And the idea was 30 days and we're going to do 30 videos. And then it'll be in 60 days. The reason being is I started the blog after we started this blog, less than a week later, Colorado got it's what now is the largest hailstorm in history. Talk about divine intervention. I had no clue, right? I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this daily blog and get up in the morning and, and do a blog and then just have a piece of advice for 30 days straight. And we're going to use that. Little, little did I know we got a huge hailstorm and we had been working tirelessly ahead of time. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier, like I was trying to be, be ahead of people. You know, my, my, it's my job to kind of be out, be out ahead of, and be like a visionary and kind of be ahead of one, two, three steps ahead of my team. And so we had been working on infrastructure and, and organization and structuring everything out and, and building our, uh, our company chart, like an employee chart and organizational chart and all, and just, and, and doing employee agreements and getting everything set up and restructuring and reorganizing our company before this happened. So we did that and this happened and it was like all this work we put into for two, three years 
it just culminated with that one storm. That storm hit and we absolutely just blew up. I mean, the company just exploded overnight. And, and not only and, and in a healthy way, because we laid the foundation ahead of time to be able to, in, quote unquote, anticipate a huge influx in volume. So not only did it, you know, obviously the storm provided that, but I think that just provide that was just part of a piece of the puzzle because we were able to capitalize on it on a whole nother level because we were prepped and ready. Mm-hmm. We were prepared for it. Even though it was, you know, a couple of years after we started preparing, it happened. So during this process, it happened. So obviously that's my main, I mean, this is a pet project. You know, I'm not, I'm not in this to try to get rich or make a bunch of money. I'm really just trying to help others. So it, it was, it was about the, the company at that point. So I had to really kind of balance my time out. So the 30 day project ended up being about 60 days. So I was able to get one or two days and a couple of times I'd double up on a day or something and, and then be able to get some content out there. So I think all 30 videos are on the, on the YouTube channel at this point. Okay. And uh, just a lot of random, you know. And again, that's the Roofing Academy, right? Yeah, the okay. Roofing Academy on, on uh, YouTube channel. Yep. Well, you know, there's that old axiom that luck follows hard work, yeah. you know, or luck follows preparation, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know. So, you know, for, for to, to bring this to a close, if you had parting advice to a budding entrepreneur that's listening in, what parting advice would you offer them? You just got to be ready and prepared to be the first and last to leave and last to get paid. You know, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to really, really make these things happen, first off, you got to start. You got to start. I don't know how, there's an entrepreneur in all of us. I believe it. I believe there's a somewhat of a little bit of an entrepreneur in every person. You know, every, every person I know has that idea in a shower or, or on a walk, just has that random idea. I'm going to do this. This would be cool. Everyone has a little bit of entrepreneur in them. But why do only 1% actually do it? Because they actually get started. And, and the, the key is you got to just have that dream. And you just got to start, man. You just got to go do it. And, and that's the biggest obstacle I think most all entrepreneurs fail and, and struggle with and why they live their whole life working for someone else with these ideas that they want to chase, these dreams they want to chase, sense of security. They, you just got to start. You just got to step off that bridge into the water and, and start swimming. Well, you know, to, to close, for the folks that are out there and are inspired to start, uh, the book that's coming soon will be a nice roadmap to help them start. Absolutely. I mean, we'll have literally advice from, you know, where to go online to, to get registered with the IRS, to get registered with your state for, for, for licensing. You know, you, a lot of, we're in construction, we're contracting, right? So there's licensing stuff that's required, like from the basics, the basics of just getting started, uh, coming up with a good logo, coming up with a website. Like we have, all, I mean, we're trying to cover all our bases. We're trying to be the most in-depth, robust, you know, platform out there to, so we can give it all. I mean, I've been asked, why, why share your, <laughs> why share what you've learned? Like, you, I mean, you have this company, it's growing, you're doing great in the industry, whatever. Why, why tell people what you know? Why give, why give away all your secrets? And, and the reality of it is people are starting companies regardless. Okay, every single year, thousands of people go out and start roofing companies, start construction companies, but, but unfortunately, thousands of them fail. So if I can just have a small imprint on that, a small input on, on helping a small percentage of those get past that failure rate and actually succeed, yeah, I've done my job. And, and that I've done my job and fulfilled my purpose in 
helping the industry, not just my company. Because again, at the beginning, it's, you know, I wouldn't be here today if I was still all about myself. You know, it's all about helping others and helping the industry and providing opportunity. And, uh, and that's that this is my platform to do that. Well, we sure appreciate you sharing your platform. That's awesome. Thanks, Randy. Thank you. you I bet. appreciate your time.